What's up, everybody? Patrick Healy here with Brooklyn Boxing Podcast, live at the Fifth Street Gym, sitting down with my guest, Gallardo de Marguilla. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on today. Of course, man. I'm happy to be here, and uh, Fifth Street Gym is my second home, basically, so <laughs> it's always nice to be here, too. Yeah, it's good to see you're already ready to get a little training afterwards, <laughs> as am I. I can't wait to hit the bag a little bit after this, but... Um, before we get into the interview, I just want to tell you, all you guys watching and listening, make sure to hit subscribe at the Pod Matrix on YouTube. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, every channel, Instagram, Brooklyn Boxing Podcast, and also the Pod Matrix. Also, check out Bayardo if you want to give a shout out where they can follow you as well. Yeah, you can follow me mostly on Instagram. It's at Bayardo D. So. I'm getting better at tweeting too, but not just through Instagram. <laughs> there you go. The Twitter world is a little toxic, so maybe <laughs> just stick to Instagram for now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but thanks so much, man. I, I'm excited to have you on. I think you got a really interesting story and how it parallels into boxing. I know you're a big fight fan. Oh, yeah. You also have some fight experience, right? A I do, man. I have an amateur boxing background. Um, I actually started... Uh, I played college football and then I always like grew up as a big fight fan, you know, growing up in a Mexican household, it was always watching all type of Mexican boxers and just boxing in general. And so I had a love for it. And then it wasn't until my twenties where I actually started like doing little fights here and there. Um, and it was great. It always, it's always nice to get punched in the face. You know? <laughs> so was that after your college football experience where you started to train in boxing or was it kind of like something that you were always involved in growing up casually training or it was, it was kind of half and half, um, because of my love for boxing as a kid, I asked my parents to kind of like put me in a boxing gym, which they did. I grew up in, uh, Tijuana and San Diego. Um, but then I just kind of fell out of it because in high school I was mostly doing, you know, high school football and then I did track and field. I wrestled for a year. Um, so it wasn't until I was in college that I stopped playing football, but I needed something to like stay in shape in. And I just went back. I stepped into a boxing gym. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore in San Diego. It was called Undisputed. But um, I just fell in love with the fight game again. You know, yeah. and, but I was in my 20s, so like I fell into it late, and it's something that I still enjoy doing, and to this day, still training. And For sure. It. It's yeah. always interesting to hear, um, you know, I played so many sports growing up as well, I was always an athlete, and transitioning into boxing training just for fitness or even sparring a little bit for fun yeah is uh you know it's an amazing workout also you can kind of try to transfer some of those skills maybe you had in football in terms of your footwork and and yeah. i want to get into obviously your new role uh, or, or show on netflix yeah and and you know you had to learn how to dance in ballet and and maybe how some of that footwork compared to your athletic training, or maybe now when you're training, we're about to hit the bag in a little bit, maybe you have a newfound set of footwork skills or balance that yeah. you're able to get from that dance training. Yeah, man. I When I started the show, Tiny Pretty Things, uh, on Netflix, it was primarily you know a ballet show and about the dance world. And I had no dance experience whatsoever. Like, I can bust a move, you know, <laughs> to the 90s R&B song or... Um, but as far as like dance, dance training, like I wasn't as qualified as like most of my other castmates. Um, so I did have a fighting background. I, I've done stunts on TV. Um, I do have knowledge of the fight game. So basically you have, I went in with a knowledge of movement of what my body can do, yeah. of what my style is. And I did about a month and a half of ballet training. And the cool thing was, is that, you know, 
the discipline that is in the dance world is the same discipline that we have as fighters. And so I was able to really jump into the mentality in a bit, in a way, um, just by just by having the discipline that I had training. Um, and then I basically picked up new skills on, you know, other ways that my body can move and work. But I'm thankful that I had a fight background to be able to get through that, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's intense. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm no ballet expert by any means, but I've seen a little bit about how many hours dancers put in oh, yeah. in terms of, you know, someone like yourself who is, you didn't have dance experience, right, going into it. So it's a totally new world, yeah. new realm. Talk about like the hours that you had to put in to train to become a dancer. Yeah, so the first thing that I had to do is look like my castmates. So I was, I'm, I'm five, eight and a half right now, about 160. That's usually my resting weight. Um, I had to really lean out. And so I was actually in the box. I went, I found a boxing gym in Canada, uh, hard, hard Knocks Boxing, shout out to them, um, in Toronto. And basically, I was going to the boxing gym, but also going to the ballet class, which was every single day. Um, when you weren't shooting, you were in ballet class. And that consisted of bar method, which is, you know, you're standing next to a bar and doing all types of different movements and techniques and exercises. Um, and then they had floor work. Now, the floor work I couldn't do because I'm not a trained ballet dancer. <laughs> so you could tell that if I tried to do that and you're watching the show, you'd be like, that guy's not a dancer. Um, but I was in the gym six days a week and in the ballet class five days a week in addition to shooting five days a week. So sometimes your day might go from 12 hours to 16 because you got to put in the additional work in the gym. And then on top of that, I'm in my 30s and I had to have a good diet, you know, right. in order <laughs> to stay lean to look like my castmates so what, were what weight on were their you 20s. At when you were, uh, I was about 150. 151. Wow, so you it, had to cut some. Um, yeah, when I got cast on the show, I was about 175, 180, and I lost a lot. To get wow, so you experienced a little bit of the weight cut. Oh, as yeah, well, that I, I already knew how to do that. I getting <laughs> a little piece of everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. For a second, my diet was like ice cubes and maybe whiskey, but that, you know, now it, it, I had to really tone down, you know, get focused on the nutrition side. Um, but, you know, I came out flexible when you watch the show. People thought that I was a dancer. People on social media still think sometimes, like, ask me dance questions. <laughs> I'm like, I, in the wrong place. I don't know how to answer that question. But, but you know, I, I take that as a compliment because that means that I did my job. You know? For sure, for sure. It's always interesting to see, like, the dance aspect or paired with boxing. Like, you immediately think of, as a boxing fan, you think of Lomachenko. Yeah. The guy that, you know, his father had him taking Ukrainian traditional dance. Yeah. as a kid before he was even allowed to put the gloves on and look what that did for him you know he's known as one of the guys with the best footwork in the division so slick in his movement yeah so it's like that type of cross training i think uh you know maybe more fighters would do it i know yoga has sort of started to move into the fight game uh, there's a lot of you know hesitancy from guys to say man i'm not going to take a dance class yeah. but but now as guys start to realize that cross training can really benefit them in yeah. the ring. It's kind of interesting to hear from you. you know? And and anything you can do as a boxer to to help you to make you better, like do it. You know what I'm saying? And I think also like you can you know you can tell when people pick up a jump rope for the first time. You know you slowly get to train into that rhythm, and the better you get in rhythm, the better you get and have your style. And, and it definitely is an advantage to have. You know? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And you know obviously you enjoy boxing. You were an amateur boxer, right? You had some fights. You played football in college, so yeah. you're not a you're not shy from contact. You obviously yeah. like contact sports. Oh yeah. Um, 
Talk to me, I guess, about in college with football, you were a defensive back, correct? For yep. U San Diego? Yeah, I was a defensive back at the University of San Diego. Uh, in high school, I was a running back and a safety. Um, but I had my growth spurt as a freshman in high school, so I was a very tall 5'8 freshman, but then I stayed around, I grew half an inch. Um, so when I got to college, I, I moved over to DB because I still had speed, but I wasn't as tall to be, you know, safety, especially in college. Um, we were 1AA, we played um, mostly Ivy League teams, couple Division II schools, 1AA in uh, the United States. And I, I loved it, man. I just loved it. Like, I did get voted one of the hardest hitting DBs. So that's like something that I will always like cherish and be like, yeah, hell yeah, hold on to we that. did something. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I once I stopped playing ball, it was my sophomore year. I actually uh, went to study in Spain. And then I just always had a love for boxing and I fell back into it. I took a boxing class and then all of a sudden I wanted to be a, like, I wanted to actually have a amateur fight to be able to say like, I did that. Yeah. I trained for that. Um, I remember one of my first fights, uh, I didn't see my opponent until I got there and I asked my trainer, I was like, Hey, is the guy here? He's like, yeah. I was like, what, what does he look like? He's like, he kind of just looks like a racist. And I was like, what <laughs> does that mean? And then my opponent was very intimidating and very t tattooed from all, you know, because I was in my 20s when I had my first fight. So, like, you basically would only fight policemen, law enforcement, because you're in your 20s, you know, everybody just wants to, uh, you know, you, you, it's not as easy to get an amateur fight as you are when you're in your teens. Um, and so, yeah, I just ended up fighting in, in San Diego. It was mostly law enforcement guys that you'd fight against, but it just became a community because you're always, you're training to, like, push yourself you know I didn't have aspirations to be a professional boxer um, but I did have enough to like really want to push myself to the limit and yeah. see what I could do and go to battle with someone else and clearly and, you had some success right you had yeah man it was, it was cool it was uh, and also like uh, it was mostly I, I've had around 10 amateur fights and then smokers fights which are always fun because they're unsanctioned bouts and we've had some bouts in you you know in uh the UFC rings, so that made wow, it even yeah, cooler. That's, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting vibe. Maybe they throw on the smaller gloves, or you're keeping the 16. We we kept that? we had 12 ounces. 12. I've done 12, 12 14. Ounces, yeah. yeah, but it was uh, it's it's always been great, and even to this day, I love sparring. So it's always yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, no surprise. I mean, a Mexican background. I mean, Mexican boxing is like the gold standard, right? I mean, there's so so much history there, so many legends. I mean, I even re recently watched. Uh, you know the the kings documentary on Showtime, and and they didn't feature any Mexican specific boxers, but the Latin as well with yeah. Roberto Duran and just the the fan base over there. So talk to me a little bit about you know yourself as a fan of the sport. At growing up, were there guys that you kind of idolized um, in the fight game, or guys that you tried to model your game after once you started boxing? Yeah, I so my my dad was a big fan of the fight game. We always watched Julio Cesar Chavez fight, Eric Morales, Marco Antonio Barrera, um, Alexis Arguello, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, all the big fights that you would see when boxing was on primetime television. Yeah. Um, the the one time that I had like kind of like I, an identity crisis was when Oscar De La Hoya fought Julio Cesar Chavez <laughs> because you had someone that was Mexican fighting the Mexican-American and people were choosing sides depending on where you grew up. That was crazy for me because I wanted, De La, I liked De La Hoya but my dad was very traditionalist like Julio Cesar Chavez. 
Um, Who fought recently in an exhibition. Yeah, yeah. he fought in an exhibition, and Canelo Against, was in uh, his Camacho corner. Jr., yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so yeah, we grew up watching all these type of greats, but then it kind of transferred over to any time primetime boxing was on. We would see Muhammad Ali. We would see anything that we could watch, and I was just I was fascinated by just everybody. Um, from people that came from my own background as a Mexican, Mexican-American, to watching American fighters, to, to now watching someone like Lomachenko. You know, it's just, it's just all fascinating to me because the, man, the mentality is there. And it's very similar. We all share that kind of fight hunger. But you get to see how different people come up, everyone's journey and everyone's career. Um, and that, that's just amazing to me. Well, talk to me then about, we got some couple fights coming up, some Mexican warriors. El Azteca, Barrios, he's fighting Gervonta Davis this weekend. So Gervonta's moving up to 140. Yeah. Barrios is undefeated, the bigger man. He has the nickname El Azteca. He certainly embraces that warrior mindset. Do you think he's going to beat Gervonta Davis? Or do you think, how do you see that fight playing out? I, you know what, I think, I think it's going to be a good fight either way. I hope that it's a battle. I hope that uh, it's, it's, you know, if it goes a distance, that would be great because I just love seeing good fights all around. I do think Javante Davis is tough, man. He's, yeah. he's, I mean, he's a tank. He's, I mean, he's last fight too, that devastating knockout. It's like, oh my God. I mean, he is struggling at times in that yeah. fight, but then to unload that power, it's like at any time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, th I think he has a shot. Um, I just, I think the styles are made for each other. It's, I mean, in a good way to see a good fight. So I, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting this weekend. Julio Caesar Martinez, super flyweight, 115 pound guy, another guy you guys should keep uh, an eye on. He's a uh, Tasmanian devil in there. He's relentless, <laughs> um, as all Mexican fighters are. It's basically seems so. But um, yeah, man. I mean, if there's anything you want to talk about in terms of fighters today, Canelo, Ryan Garcia, Eddie Reynoso's whole camp, Oscar Valdez so many guys right now in the scene anyone stick out to you that you really like to watch maybe other than Canelo yeah I um, I think I do like Ryan Garcia a lot I think he is doing a lot of things to not only be a good fighter but a social media sensation which is um, so important now right yeah but it's it's also like I understand why he pulled out of a fight and said it was for mental health like because Part of it is a business of creating an image or having an image and keeping that image that you have, especially with social media. Uh, I can relate to that as an actor. You know, as an actor, you create your brand, create your image, and then you use social media to be able to like help you with your career. And you know, it puts you on a platform to have a voice. And sometimes there's a lot of expectations with that. So Ryan is someone that I kind of I understand what he's going through, but he's also 15 years younger than me. Um, but I, I did like when he fought Luke Campbell, he got knocked down, he got back up. You know, yeah. it's like that's stuff that I like I to see. I did a lot for his image too because everyone says, oh, he's just like a band, uh, boy band looks. And, exactly. You know, he's just the Instagram and all this. But when he got knocked down by Luke Campbell, I mean, that was a devastating punch. I thought he was knocked 
was like senseless. Yeah. And he got up and then stopped Luke Campbell. So I was like, oh wow, like you know, this guy's got some balls. Yeah. So so for me, he's someone that I, I I like watching, and also just like when you see him hit bags and do stuff, I was like, that boy's quick. It's fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> he's got some serious speed, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But he's someone that I, I like watching. Canelo, of course, I, he's always great. Like, yeah, I yeah. know Canelo is just like running the game right now. It's almost like hard to find opponents for him, although there are most certainly guys out there like Caleb Plant I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on him yeah he's a tough tough guy I yeah. mean I think Canelo is gonna he's got to be the favorite pretty much in any matchup that he goes yeah. into. but you got the Charlo brothers you got Caleb Plant maybe Triple G Trilogy possibly but yeah. there's guys out there and it, it's it's crazy because when I'm in Los Angeles I like to train at Wildcard and I love that gym and when I'm in Miami I love to train here and as a boxing fan who's training you watch people who you know are professional fighters and you can tell the difference between how a world champion works and how someone who's up and coming is works you can see the level of discipline just by watching and just see how there's something extra um, and I and I, I see that in Canelo's videos too that's why he is the way he is yeah. you see that in Lomachenko's videos I love watching 24-7 you know whenever they exactly. have that or the Showtime yeah. stuff and even in person when I'm at wildcard like you can tell you'd be like who the hell is that guy and then you'd be like oh that person is blah 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 he's WBC champion oh, okay that makes sense you know? yeah <laughs> and the aura so, that you get that you feel around certain fighters is definitely a thing you know yeah. it's definitely a, a confidence or a swagger that certain guys bring yeah um on the acting side, is there anybody that you bumped into or worked with that you felt had that aura, even if they're young or established, anyone that you kind of got that sense around, like, wow, this um, is a little different? There's a sense of discipline that I, with people that I've worked with. Um, one, I worked on a show on USA called Shooter, and I worked with Ryan Philippi, who's been around for a while, but on Shooter, he played a Marine sharpshooter who got framed for something. And we had a fight scene on the show that we spent two, three days rehearsing, eight hours a day. And then when we shot the actual fight, the fight's maybe two, three minutes long. We probably shot that over the course of a full 12-hour day. Wow. Um, but the discipline that he had and the discipline that he had on movements and techni technique and stuff and being able to, like, we really beat each other up, too, um, when we actually did, uh, we're filming everything. He's someone that I would say that I really enjoyed working in and his discipline. Um, Frank Rio is another dude that if you yeah, yeah. if you ever seen the For show sure. Kingdom on Netflix, I love that show. Yeah, sick show. Great show. And his work ethic and the way that he, you know, he's he all about the oh, dude, yeah. And he's like in his 50s. He's amazing. I know. I'm like looking at his Instagram I'm like, what the hell? This yeah. Guy is yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a long time ago, I at Wildcard, I sparred a few rounds with Mario Lopez. He has heavy hands. He's really good. Like, he still looks like... AC Slater, you know, yeah, and he yeah. he's in great shape. He's someone who's works hard at his at his uh, in what he everything he does, and um, also a great boxer. So like that's some person that I came across at wall card that I was like, yeah, yeah okay, awesome. I want to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, that's cool to hear, man. Well, you know, I appreciate you coming on today and just talking a little bit about your journey, a little bit about you as a fan of boxing, your experience as an amateur boxer there's anything you want to shout out where the people can check out maybe some things you got on the horizon if you want to plug anything coming out soon yeah 
Um, so I have, uh, I took part in a sequel to an animated movie. It's Mortal Kombat, if you're familiar with the video game world. Yeah. It, it comes out <laughs> August 31st, 2021, so in a few months. Um, it is a sequel to Mortal Kombat Legend Scorpion's Revenge. And then this, is, this one's called Mortal Kombat Battle for the Earth Realms, or Battle for the Realms. Um, and I voice Sub-Zero, so it's kind of cool because it's a cool little animated sequel. And then I'm, I'm working on a few things, but I, I can't say yet. But at least I have that coming up. August. So, yeah, yeah. Some good announcements coming soon. So yeah. everyone, make sure to go follow them on Instagram. We'll tag them in the video. Make sure to follow us, Brooklyn Boxing Podcast, The Pod Matrix. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube, Instagram. We're out on all channels. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. This is Bayardo. Yeah. Check them out. Of course.